All right, Saul House. There is a children's story about a character named Owl. And Owl wants to make tear water tea. So he took out his kettle, and he began to imagine some very sad things. A chair with broken legs. A song that can't be sung because can't remember any of the words. Spoons that have fallen behind the stove. Books that can't be read because someone tore the pages out of the middle. Clocks that have stopped with no one to wind them up. And morning sunrises no one saw because everyone was asleep. And this was very effective. (laughs) And in no time, Owl filled his teapot with tears, so the story goes. And here's why I tell you this. So why did each of these things make Owl want to cry? Because each of these things have lost their intended purpose. There is, just, there is nothing sadder in all the world than to lose purpose, except perhaps to never discover it in the first place. Because we are creatures who need purpose. We need meaning in order to be fully alive. I mean, the, the proverb says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I, I can remember my grandmother, even at 95, she used to tell me, Ryan, you know the secret to being happy and healthy and holy, my Nana would say? You got to find someone to love, something to hope for, and something to do. And that is what she did her whole life. Um, I heard about a church actually in our synod just, um, just a little while ago who, who sent out a health survey to their congregation um, and asked, well, gosh, what is, what's lacking in your health? And then it gave this big range of topics to choose from, uh, like diet and exercise and mental stimulation, creative outlets and romance. And then from this big list, people picked the ones that they, they felt like, yeah, I need help in this way or that way, right? And when the results came in, it was a surprise to the pastors, to find at the top of the list was a sense of purpose. A sense of purpose. We are creatures who need purpose. We need not, something, not simply something to do, but something meaningful to do. And I think Jesus understood his purpose with extreme clarity. Um, first, Jesus understood his identity as we talked about last week, grounded in God's words, you are my beloved child, I am delighted in you. And that identity piece, it has to come first. Because if we don't claim our beloved identity before we seek to understand our purpose, we will always try to find our identity in our productivity. And that is just a perfect recipe for burnout and an inflated but very fragile ego. You hear me? So after Jesus was baptized into belovedness and his identity is tested in the wilderness, he returns with this extreme, intense clarity of purpose. And he goes directly to his home synagogue. And when he stands up to read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, we get to hear the mission statement of our rabbi. Isn't that cool? Jesus has a mission statement. He has a vocation. It's his calling. It's his purpose. And this is what he chooses to say about it. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me 
because he's chosen me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim this right now is the moment of God's grace. Okay, great mission statement. So what's that going to look like in action? That's what I always want to see. Was Okay, cool words. What is that going to look like in action? And then immediately in the Gospels, we see Jesus get to work, start to live out what it means for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. What it means to seek first God's kingdom, making God's dreams and God's justice his highest priority. And we see that it's not simply just one thing. It looks really different in different situations. So sometimes Jesus is standing between a group of really self-righteous men who want to punish and condemn a woman they claim is an adulterer. And Jesus is a protector of the accused. Sometimes he's standing on a hill, he's looking out over a sea of people who have nothing to eat, and he organizes community by breaking them into groups, asking them to sit down together. He finds the generous ones among them with resources that are available, and he asks God to multiply it. And Jesus is a community organizer. Sometimes he's walking on his way somewhere and he hears someone crying and his heart breaks for their suffering and he stops his plans. And he reaches out and he touches someone who may not have felt the touch of another human being in years. And Jesus asks, what is it that you want? And he listens. And Jesus is a healer. And sometimes, sometimes Jesus says things to those in power that no one else will say because they don't want to get in trouble or they're trying to climb, climb the ladder and they don't want to get knocked down the ladder. And sometimes Jesus is calling out hypocrisy and injustice and abuse and cleaning out the church or the government or any other power structure. And he's a revolutionary. He's a prophet. And he gets broken on the wheels for our sake, for our salvation. So the purpose of God, the purpose of God lived out is not simply one thing. It looks different in different situations. It looks different as lived out by different people who have different stories and different gifts and different wounds. But it's one purpose, though. It's one purpose, the shalom of God for all creation. So apprentices of the rabbi Jesus do you know your purpose? When our lives lack purpose, gosh, nothing can be more sad. Are you experiencing God's purpose in your life? It's important to clarify that we're not talking about a profession. Um, you know, your purpose may involve your profession, but your purpose in the world is much bigger than your job or your career. I mean, you could change jobs 20 times, right, throughout your life exercise your purpose in each of them. Because purpose is bigger than careers. It's bigger than jobs. Purpose spills out into each relationship. Purpose spills out into how we spend our time, how we spend our money, what we value, what we pursue. 
And God has uniquely made you, purposefully made you. Every inch of your story, both tragedy and triumph, everything in between is contributing to the unique purpose that God has for you. Do you believe that? Do you know that? Mark Scandrett, he says, from street violence to ecological destruction to global poverty and warfare, we are clearly in the midst of a great struggle to see God's shalom become manifest on earth as it is in heaven. And an apprentice of Jesus learns to make the realization of God's creative and restoring work their core purpose. Their core purpose. So, Salt House. Here we go. Here are five instructions that Jesus gives us for fulfilling our purpose. Here we go. Number one is this. In Matthew 6, it says, prioritize God's dreams over your own ambitions. Um, I like to try to pray for it this way. Um, God, I want to want what you want. <laughs> I want, I, I might not want what you want yet, but I want to want what you want, God. Make that so in me. Make that so in me. That's the first one. Prioritize God's dreams. Number two is this. Prioritize the outsider. Those that society thinks of as the least and the left out and the forgotten. And we see this throughout Jesus' life. This is what he's talking about in Matthew 25. So I believe that following Jesus will necessarily mean, it will mean, crossing those well-defined lines of separation that our culture creates. So prioritizing the outsider, number two. Number three is this. Hey, when, whenever you do something that you think is pretty good, you got to protect your humility. <laughs> you, you need to be discreet about it. Discreet about what you do. And don't seek out special titles. Don't seek out applause for it. This is, we see this in Matthew 23 and Matthew 6. This is Jesus' instructions to us. Number four is this. Partner with apprentices. Don't go it alone. Find the other liberators. Or as Mr. Rogers says, look for the helpers. And train up others. Invest in others and their apprenticeship. And um, there are so many places. That's, you know, that's as a dojo here, there are so many places of connection and service for you to hook into. So partner, to partner together in this. You are not alone in this. Don't do it. Don't go alone. Number five is this. Expect. Expect things to happen. Matthew 9 here. Um, when we raise our expectations, we raise our awareness of what's already going on around us. We're, we're, we're quick to discover where God is already acting, where all, God is already moving pieces together when we raise our expectations. And that, that final one, that number five, is, is what we are inviting you to. It's the experiment that we're inviting you to this week, to look for that opportunity. Um, Man, you know, so much of what Jesus taught was along the way. Just stuff would just come up, right? You know, and the disciples would say, well, what do we do about this? And then, boom, it led to a teaching and it led to an activity, an experiment. Um, so they, and they allowed themselves to be interruptible, 
right? They had plans. They were going somewhere, and they were interrupted. Will you be interruptible this week, Salt House? Um, just this week, I was at Goodwill. I was going through some uh, vinyl uh, records, and I looked up, and I saw an old friend that I hadn't seen in years. And, you know, as we caught up, I could tell that he was trying to, um, I don't know, like, apologize for um, some way that he had treated me, like, years back. Um, and he said to me, you know, I don't know how to explain to you how I've changed. And in that moment, um, I don't know why these words came to me, but I just felt compelled to say, hey, brother, I have always loved you. And it was like right at that moment that like tears came to his eyes, tears came to my eyes, and uh, something was just released in him. He, he began to cry, and he shared to me about the, how um, the grief over the passing of a parent was just transforming him. And I, oh man, I, I hugged him, I embraced him um, for a long time in the middle of goodwill. <laughs> I'm sure we got some good looks uh, as we were crying and hugging it out in, in goodwill. But will you look for those moments? You just, I mean, they're just unexpected, right? Those unexpected moments where God's kingdom breaks through. So if you have an intuition, you know, if you have an internal nudge, like follow that. Don't silence that. The more you follow it, the more it will come. The more you silence it, the quieter it becomes, right? So I love this prayer that Mark Scandrett offers on page 129 of his book of practicing the way of Jesus. This prayer is so real. He prays this, God, you see that I don't have any space in my calendar today. But I still want to be a part of your healing work today. So please bring someone into my path that needs your help. Isn't that a great prayer? Isn't that, that, this is a prayer that you can use this week. God, I see that I don't have any space in my calendar, but I still want to be a part of your healing work today. Please bring someone into my path that needs your help. That is, that's your experiment. To go get into some holy trouble this week. Try out your purpose. Then bring back those stories to us. We need to hear them. Man, when you do your good work, boy, it fuels the good work of others. We need to hear those stories. So, but maybe you're just starting out. You don't have kind of like, you know, point me in the right direction here, right? Okay, maybe you're starting out again, right? And, and you just need a little help discovering your unique purpose. So here's what I want you to do. Um, download a short resource called Discerning My Life's Purpose. This is from Mark Scandrett's book. It is in our bulletin. Go, you can go there now. It asks really pointed questions that are going to help you. It'll take only, you know, a few minutes of reflection, really, to really help you. So that's the invitation, people. That is the invitation that Rabbi Jesus is offering you today to help you get unstuck in following in the way of love, to live with meaning, oh, to live with purpose, to live with a sense of adventure. It is possible, and it takes practice. Try it out.